Isaiah chapter 38, verses 1 through 6. And it reads, In those days Hezekiah was sick and near death, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus said the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed to the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I have walked before you in faith and with a loyal heart and, uh, and done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, saying, Go and tell Hezekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have given, I have seen your tears. Surely I will add to your days 15 more years. I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city. Amen to the reading and hearing of God's holy word. You may be seated. My theme for the day is the clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. I need your prayers. My brothers and sisters, I suggest to you today that it is a well-known fact that we are living in a time when the world is overwhelmed with bad news. And we hear it every day. And almost everybody is affected in one way or another. And there seems to be no end to the violence and the destruction of the political and religious wars that are devastating the lives of so many people around the world. And with Donald Trump as commander-in-chief in charge of the military and the nuclear weapons, nobody knows for certain where we are headed. But from a biblical perspective, there are strong indications that we are headed toward the last days and witnessing the fulfillment of biblical prophecy because the prophetic clock is ticking. But only God knows the time and the season when the end will come. But it has been prophesied that in the last days, and somebody said in the last days. In the last days that there will be wars and rumors of wars. And there will be death and destruction from floods, earthquakes, and other natural disasters. And almost every day we hear news about young people. Young people dying from gun violence, from suicide and drug overdoses. And not only that, but our hospitals and nursing homes are filled not only with older people, but also with young people who have suffered massive strokes, heart attacks, and other debilitating ailments and afflictions. But in spite of the circumstances, in spite of the bad news, 
we can still sustain in hope. Because our hope is not in this broken world, but in Christ Jesus and his promise that where he is, there we shall also be. And as Christians and followers of Christ, our main concern should be about doing the work that God is calling us to do. Because the church, the church has been endowed by the power of the Holy Spirit to bear witness to the world as we prepare ourselves and others for the second coming of Christ. When all the suffering and all the bad news will come to an end, and there will be a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness will dwell. And the Bible said that the lion will lay down with the lamb. But in the meantime, and somebody said in the meantime, in the meantime we have been commissioned to carry out the mission and the ministry of Jesus and telling others about the good news of the gospel and all the things that God has done for us. But sometimes, oftentimes, the load can get so heavy that we feel like giving up and throwing in the towel because the trials and troubles just keep on coming. But it is at these times that we should learn to stand still and wait on the Lord and look no other place for help because there are no human solutions to the problems that we face in this broken and corrupted world. And that brings us to our text today. Well, we see that King Hezekiah was gravely ill and on his sick bed. For verse 1 says that the prophet Isaiah came unto him and said, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. And we learn from the text that Hezekiah's sickness came up on him in his 14th year of his reign as king of Judah. And the scripture also said that it was in the 14th year of Hezekiah's rule that the king of Assyria came up against Jerusalem with his army and besieged the city. And so all of this happened in the same year, the 14th year of Hezekiah's rule. And if anybody has ever been overwhelmed by bad news, it was King Hezekiah. And it was during that time that God sent the prophet Isaiah to inform Hezekiah that his time to die had come. And although we must all cross that bridge into the afterlife, we do not know the day nor the hour. But what we should know is that the Bible says that Hebrews 9 and 27, that it is appointed unto man once to die, but after that, the judgment. And every day on this side of judgment, 
There's a brand new mercy, a brand new blessing that comes from the Lord. And in those days, in that 14th year, Hezekiah had no hope unless God would intervene. So then what does Hezekiah do? Well, in verse 2, we see that Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed to God for help. The sad news of his pending death and the threat of the Assyrian army left Hezekiah with no choice but to call on the Lord. Because, like all of us, Hezekiah did not want to die. And it has been well said that everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. And the Bible said that Hezekiah was a godly king who trusted in the God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah. And in verse 3, we read the words of Hezekiah's prayer that ends in weeping and moaning in an expression of the pain and sorrow in his heart. For at the time of his sickness, Hezekiah was a young man, only 39 years old, and had no heirs, no son to succeed him on the throne. And the Bible said that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And yet, God allowed the afflictions to come upon him. And in response to his prayer, God told Isaiah to go and tell Hezekiah that he would grant the king 15 more years. And not only was Hezekiah a good king, but we also see in the book of Matthew that his name is listed in the genealogy of Christ. But his father Ahaz was an ungodly king who had led the kingdom of Judah into idolatry. But when Hezekiah was anointed and crowned as king of Judah, he immediately initiated a religious revival throughout the kingdom and tore down all the high places used for pagan worship and had the temple cleansed of all the pagan altars. And after he was healed of his sickness, Hezekiah wrote a song of praise to express his thanks unto God. For Hezekiah knew that God did not have to heal him, but he did. And he was thankful because God had heard and answered his prayer. And how many of you here today know that we have a prayer answering God? And like Hezekiah, we should also be thankful and give praise unto God, even in the midst of the bad news, when it sometimes seems like life it's just a journey from one storm to another. And as the songwriter says, if it ain't one thing, it's another. 
And the blues writer called it bad luck. And I don't know whether it was uh, Johnny Taylor or little Johnny Hooker. <laughs> but the blues writer said that if it wasn't for bad luck, that he wouldn't have no luck at all. <laughs> and sometimes we may feel the same way. A bad case of the blues. But God has not promised that our lives will be free of heartaches, trouble, and disappointment. But the fact of the matter is that if you are a child of God and living a godly life, then you can expect that there are going to be some trials and tribulations solely because you are living for God. And the enemy, the devil would do anything within his power to bring trials and tragedy into our lives. And as long as we are on this side of heaven, we're going to have to deal with the attacks of the devil. But the good thing about it is that we don't have to fight our battles all by ourselves because God has promised that he will be with us in every moment of trial, trouble, or tribulation. And in every moment of sorrow or sickness, God will be with us. And he will provide for our every need in accordance with his plan and purpose for our lives. And so, there is a good purpose in everything that happens in our lives. And God knew, God knew from the foundation of the world that Hezekiah would go down on his sick bed and call out to him for help. And God would help and heal Hezekiah because it was predestined that the promised seed, our Lord and Savior, would descend through the lineage of Hezekiah. And not only was Hezekiah healed of his physical sickness, but the Bible said that God also delivered Jerusalem from the attacks of the Assyrians. And there are many scholars and theologians who believe that Hezekiah's sickness was some kind of deadly cancer. But whatever the, sick, the sickness may have been, God has the power to heal. God has the power to deliver. And God has the power to restore and make everything all right. And so a bad report from the doctor about some deadly sickness or, or disease does not mean that life is coming to an end anytime soon. Because the doctor... The doctor does not have the last word. And only God, somebody say only God. Only God has the power over sickness and death. And we hear testimony after testimony about sick people sent to hospice because the doctor gave them a short time to live. The doctor said six months 
Reverend Simmons. But God said, 15 or 20 more years. And we see a good example of the healing power of God in the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Here's a woman who had been bleeding for 12 long years and had spent all her money on doctors and medication but had not gotten any better, only worse. But she had heard about a man named Jesus who would be passing through her village. And she knew in her heart that he was the Messiah and that he had the power to heal her sickness. And following the crowd, she said within herself, if only I could touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole again. And after the t- touching the garment of Jesus, the bleeding stopped. And she received the blessing and the healing that she had been praying for. And knowing that a miracle had taken place, Jesus turned and said to the woman, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And like Hezekiah and the woman with the issue of blood, we should never lose faith in the healing power of God and never, ever give up on God because he won't give up on you. But at the same time, and somebody said at the same time, at the same time we must also recognize that we live in a broken and dying world. And in the world in which we live, there is conflict with our Heavenly Father. The flesh fights against the Holy Spirit. And the devil is in spiritual warfare with Jesus and his church. And his goal, his goal is to turn our hearts against the things that God will have us to do. God wants us to be humble and learn to depend on his grace, while the devil wants us to be proud and to depend on ourselves. And pride, pride is the chief weapon of Satan in his warfare against the saints of the Lord. For as you recall, it was the sin of pride that got Satan, also known as Lucifer. Anybody know anybody named Lucifer? (laughs) It was pride that got Lucifer kicked out of heaven because he wanted to be equal with God. And the Bible said that he was cast out into the earth and a host of his angels with him. And it was Satan the serpent. Somebody says Satan the serpent. It was Satan the serpent who deceived Adam and Eve into thinking that they would not die if they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And following the lies of Satan, 
They did exactly what God told them not to do. For Satan, Satan is the author of all do-it-yourself spiritual enterprises. And he enjoys inflating our egos, having us thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to. Like President Trump, I know more than all the generals. I bet you do. And Satan enjoys encouraging us to do things our own way in conflict with the will of God. Because in this earthly life, there are only two ways of doing things. God's way and the wrong way. And God's way, somebody said God's way. God's way may not always be the easiest way, but it's always the best way and the right way. And somebody wisely said that God can do anything but fail. And he always has a plan and a purpose when he allows the bad things to come our way. And his plan for his people is a good plan. But Satan and his demons are in direct opposition to God's plan and purpose for his children. And that is why the Bible says that we must watch and pray that we enter not into temptation. And the apostle Peter can testify to that. For in spite of the warnings of Jesus about the plots of Satan, Peter fell into the snare, pulled out his sword, and tried to accomplish God's will in his own way. But Satan, Satan is an enemy that we cannot master in our own strength, but only by standing on the word and the promises of God. And when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he rebuked the devil with the word of God and said unto Satan, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Somebody say every word. By every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. But one of the main problems in our churches today is that we have far too many Christians who do not spend enough time studying and meditating on the Word. For the Bible says that we are to study, to show ourselves approved unto God, rightly discerning the Word of truth. But because they are baby Christians, they do not study the word, and they are easily tempted by the devil and see no problem at all in coming to church just once or twice a month. But the word of God says that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, which is the manner of some. 
But if you make the mistake of listening to the lies of the devil, he will have you thinking that you got more important things to do or more important places to go than Sunday morning worship service. You got to go to the shopping mall. You got to take the kids to Great America. You got to watch the Cubs or the Bears on the television. You got to sleep late that day because you stayed up watching Alfred Hitchcock and the uh, Twilight Zone. <laughs> but as Pastor Shannon would say, if you let the devil drive, he'll take you further than you want to go and keep you much, much longer than you want to stay. So don't let the devil drive. Tell him I got Illinois driver's license. I can drive myself, led by the Spirit. And that is why the Bible says that we are not to give place to the devil. And it also says at Ephesians 5 and 15 that we are to walk circumspectly not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. But whenever we put our own interests, our own desires ahead of the will of God, and whenever we are disobedient to God's word, we give the devil a foothold into our lives. And if you give him a foothold, he will bring all kinds of problems, trials, and troubles into our homes and into our families. And will create conflict, conflict and divisions in our families. Conflict between husband and wife. Conflict between parent and child. Conflict between congregation and pastor. But as the prophet Isaiah said to King Hezekiah, get your house in order because the clock is ticking and the day of judgment is coming. And then the opportunities for worship, witness, and service unto the Lord on this earth will come to an end. But even when we're trying to be faithful to the Lord, Bad news and trouble may still come our way, just as it did with King Hezekiah. But when tragedies and troubles come, we know that we have a friend in Jesus. And somebody said we have a friend in Jesus. We have a friend in Jesus. And we may not know what tomorrow will bring, but we do know who holds all of our tomorrows. And he's the same God who healed and delivered Hezekiah and healed the woman with the issue of blood. And he's the same God who parted the waters of the Red Sea and was with David when he went through the valley of the shadow of death. And he's the same God 
He's the same God who raised the dead Lazarus from the grave. And he's saying to us right now, I am. I am your protector and your keeper. And the more trouble that we encounter, and the more the devil tries to break us down, the more grace he will give to us to make it through. And the ultimate solution, the supreme answer to all of our problems, is when we learn to put our hope and trust in Jesus. I'm almost there, Pastor Shannon. Almost. Put our faith and trust in Jesus, knowing that he will always be with us, even in the ups and downs of life, the good times and the bad times. He's always there. And because we are his children, and somebody said we are his children. Because we are his children, no weapons of the devil and his demons shall prevail against us. Because when Jesus arose from the grave on that Easter Sunday morning, he took the power and the sting out of sin, suffering, and death. And he said, if I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. And so when hard times come upon us, we can continue the journey with the confidence of knowing that we can do like Hezekiah and go to the Lord in prayer. Because he's the only one who can turn bad news into good news. And turn bad things around and make everything all right. And as the psalmist said, he has the power. He has the power to make the crooked places straight. And if we keep our eyes and our minds staying on Jesus, then he will give us the joy of heart and the peace of mind that passes all human understanding. And that's the kind of peace that Daniel had in the lion's den. The kind of peace that the three Hebrew boys had in the fiery furnace. Because they understood that this earthly tabernacle was not their final destination. And that death in this life was not the end of the story. Because one day, one day Jesus is coming back again. And the Bible said that he will separate, separate the sheep from the goats. The ghosts were lying up on the left and the sheep on the right. And as Pastor Shannon told me when I joined his ministry, I don't want any ghosts on my team, Reverend Smith. <laughs> Remember that, Pastor? <laughs> and so the question here today, my brothers and sisters, Will you be ready when the time has come and this earthly journey will be no more? And if your house is not in order and you're stuck between the sheep and the goats, then get busy. Get busy seeking after Jesus and learn to live each day 
to the grace and glory of God. So that when you stand before the Lord in the seat of judgment, you will hear him say, Well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. And I heard the songwriter say, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy, anybody know about joy? Joy will come in the morning. And do I have a witness here? And this joy that I have, the world didn't give it. And the world can't take it away. And if you know my Lord Jesus and have been washed in his blood, can you lift holy hands? And can you shout hallelujah? And can you tell him thank you for washing away my sin? And thank you for redeeming my soul. And do I have a witness here? And aren't you glad that you got a friend in Jesus? And when hard times come your way and the devil tries to steal your joy, all you gotta do is fall down on your knees Call on his name and his grace will give you strength to make it true. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Say yeah! Say yeah! I am on the battlefield for my Lord. I am on the battlefield. For my Lord And I promise him that I I serve until I die And I'm on the battlefield For my Lord I once was an idol And I was a sinner too When I heard the voice from heaven Saying there is work to do And I took my master's hand And I joined the Christian band And I'm on the battlefield for my Lord I am on the battlefield for my Lord. I am on the for my Lord. And I promise him that I'll serve until I die. I'm on the 
Hallelujah. 